Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We are going to tackle the <laughs> the the biggest thing that Christians disagree about. We are going to tackle the mountain that cannot be climbed. We are going to be talking about the rapture today. Now, first of all, I love all of my Christian brothers and sisters, all of the pastors out there that believe in a pre-trib rapture. You believing in a pre-trib rapture does not bother me a bit, and we can still be friends and brothers and sisters. We can still fellowship together. We can break bread together. And if you want to stay being a pre-trib believer, that's fine by me, and I'll still love you, and we can be friends. What I've noticed is it does not bother the post-tribbers that someone is a pre-tribber, but it does bother the pre-tribbers very much to be in the presence with a post-tribber. And I believe that that is primarily because the Holy Spirit is continuing to knock on their heart. No, you haven't found the truth yet. Keep looking, but they don't understand. So I just want to say I love you, and I'm not trying to attack any of the pastors, any of the pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath believers out there. I believe the reason that there is such a schism, such a disagreement, such an argument, such a battle, such a war (laughs) going on out there is because we don't understand. Obviously, if we had enough information, if we all understood, then we would be on the same page. So why is it that so many people disagree on the rapture? Well, very simply, it's because it's a complicated issue. Yeah, right. Okay, I got that. So how can we get to something where it's a little bit less complicated? Well, I'd love to be able to say I'm going to be able to explain it. I've got the verse. I already tried that. I already, I've done three DVDs on the rapture. You can go to prophecyclub.com. You can get the DVDs. You can go to watchprophecyclub.com. You can watch the DVDs. In addition, I've also participated in a three-hour debate, uh, a live debate uh, concerning the rapture. And my position was, has, and always will be a post-trib rapture. But the reason we disagree is because we lack information. So I've got a problem. If I try to go explaining to you all the information that it takes to understand the rapture, I can't put it all in 30 minutes. So I'm going to try to tackle the impossible. I'm going to try to explain it. It's going to take me two broadcasts. I'd like to make it shorter and simpler, but I just can't. So if you want to understand the true way things really happen in the last days, I'm going to go through it. And the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to go back to the basics. We're going to go back to the days of Moses because the reason most people do not understand the timing of the rapture is because they do not understand the feasts. And they have been trained and taught that we don't have to observe the feasts. And so they just ignore them. Well, by them ignoring the feasts, then they ignore the whole pattern of the last days. As you recall, I memorized the book of Revelation a couple of years ago, and in that process, God showed me that there is a single word, a secret door, and that word is first fruits. And that when you link that secret door, it links the feasts of Leviticus 23 to the prophecies of Revelation. In other words, the feasts are the pattern, and then Revelation is the prophecies. And you can't understand one without the other. That's the reason people read Revelation, and they get it all tangled up. 
this goes here, that goes there. Can't tell you how. Matter of fact, I wrote a whole chapter in my book called "The Greatest Misunderstanding of Revelation," and most people think that the Great White Throne is at the end of the millennium. That's a misunderstanding because it's, it's placing the wrong things in the wrong place, and they do that because they don't understand the feasts. So, if you want to understand the rapture, if you want to understand the proper timing of the last days, specifically the last seven months, you must understand the feasts. Now, I'm not going to go to Leviticus 23 yet. I've prayed about it, and I've been preparing practically half a day for this one broadcast. And I think the only way I can, I'm going to be able to do it is let's start back with Moses. So I'm going to tell you a story. We're going to go through most of it you're already familiar with. And matter of fact, the more familiar you are with it, the better it's going to be and the easier it is going to be for you to understand this. So let's go back to the days of Moses. We're going to go through the five the first five, because that's all that happened the first year, the first five feasts. So let's start with that. Let's start with Passover. Exodus 12.1. Again, I'll try to cover it in one broadcast, but I know I can't. So you got to you gotta watch. The, you got to go. You've got to listen to the second broadcast to get it. You, you're going to have to. So I'll ask you to commit to listen to both of these broadcasts. And yes, I do need to probably make a video on it. Anyway. Passover, Exodus 12, 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, meaning this is the beginning of the year for the Jews. And this is not January. Actually, the month is more like April. But again, it's based upon the moon, whereas our calendar is based upon the sun. So that's another reason we don't understand a lot of this. We Western Gentiles. Let's go on. This shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take unto every man a lamb. Okay, so this is about the Passover. I've skipped part of the verse. I'm just trying to skinny it down to make it as simple as possible. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And you shall keep it up on the fourteenth day of the same month and kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood... And strike it on the two side posts and the upper door post of the houses wherein you shall eat. And I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So let me summarize. This first month, a lamb is sacrificed on the 14th day. Please remember that. That's very important. 14th day of the month. And what they were told is take hyssop, which is a weed that grows in Israel and Egypt, obviously. And it is a clean weed. It kills all kinds of viruses. They were told to dip the, the weed or this hyssop into the blood and sprinkle it on the doorposts and across the top of the door before the death angel passed over. Now, that ties together with Leviticus 23, where it says in the 14th day of the first month, it is the Lord's Passover. On the 15th day of the month is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Now, the original way it happened in the days of Moses, the Unleavened Bread actually started the same day as Passover. However, Leviticus 23 clearly says that Passover is on the 14th day, and then on the 15th day is Unleavened Bread. So I'll read the next verse. It's Leviticus 23, 6. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, let me summarize this because I know it's complicated, especially if you're not familiar with this stuff. So for the Passover, 
Jesus was crucified in the afternoon. Then he was the Passover lamb. And then that evening is when they had the meal. And then he arose three days later. That is the three days represents the unleavened bread. Unleavened bread, uh, since leaven is a picture of sin, unleavened bread represents getting the sin out of your life. Now let's go to Exodus 15, where Exodus 12, 15. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. In the first month on the 14th day of the month at even, that means in the evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until one and twentieth day of the month at even. And you'll take a lamb according to the families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, that's what I was just saying, and then that's what you used to smear it on the doorpost. So now we've gone through Passover, that's when the lamb is killed, that's when the death angel passed over, and that same night was then unleavened bread. They were to toss out the leaven. Why? Here's why. Verse 29. At midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. There was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house, there was not one found dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up, get you forth from among the people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as ye have said. So Pharaoh told him to get out. Verse 34. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being put about on their clothes on their shoulders, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed uh, the Egyptians' uh, jewels of gold and silver and raiment and all that sort of. They spoiled the Egyptians. But the point is, they left with their leavened dough with the leaven in it because it hadn't had time to rise, but they didn't have any food, so they wound up cooking the unleavened bread. It still had the leaven in it, but it hadn't risen yet, okay? So that's a point, or that's a picture of getting the sin out. Why? Because they're about to have to cross over the Red Sea, and if they don't have themselves cleaned, then they won't see the miracles. That's a key. That's very important. You want to see miracles in your life? Uh, at least if you want to operate in the miracles, you have to have a clean life. So now let's go down to the Dead Sea, verse 17. God led them not by the way of the land of the Philistines, that's what we call Israel today, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness down to the Red Sea. And the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, a pillar of fire by night. And he didn't leave them day or night, he was always with them. So now the Egyptians are following after them, and they're about to cross over the Red Sea. Now let me summarize where we are so far. So the Passover was the killing of the firstborn. That was also the Passover meal, which was the lamb. Then that same night started the unleavened bread, though Leviticus 23.6 says that the unleavened bread actually begins on the 15th day of the next day. Oh, that's fine. We're going to go with that. Then, after unleavened bread is the first fruits. Now, first fruits, I'll tell you right now, it's a picture of passing from the old life to the new life passing from the life of sin to passing through to a life living with the Lord. Now let's go to uh, now Exodus 14.1. This is first fruits, crossing of the Red Sea. Now here's where Pharaoh is commanded uh, the male children to be tossed into the water. So in turn, God is about to toss Pharaoh and his army into the water. Remember Moses was and, and all of the children, those of the male children are supposed to be tossed into the river. That's the reason Moses was put into the bulrushes and all that sort of story. Now let's for, we're at Exodus fourteen one. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, and you may be saying, all of this to understand the rapture? Yes. That's the reason people don't understand is because they don't understand this. Verse 2, speak unto the children of Israel, and they turn and encamp at Fearoth unto Migdol by the sea over against Baal Pezzebpon. I'm not pronouncing that very good. Before it, you shall encamp at the sea. Now, basically what this is, is Moses is leading the children of Israel down through these ravines, these gully washers that have washed out these giant cracks down through the mountains. And some places it's not just 50 foot high on each side. Some places it's, it's two or three or 400 foot high on either side of them. And you get caught in a rainstorm down there and it'll just wash Away. Well, that's what they were doing. God led them down through one of these, and this is the reason it says, And Pharaoh said to the, of the children of Israel that they are entangled in the land. The wilderness had shut them in. They basically walked into a dead end, and that dead end ended up right against the Red Sea. If I had a video, I could show you all of this. I mean, I've actually been to these locations in this uh, 1991. I should say the exit point. I didn't go to the entrance point, we, but we did go close to there. But we did go down to the exit point. I've been to where the giant red pillar that uh, Ron White believed was put there by King Solomon, and it basically was celebrating the crossing site of the Red Sea. But anyway, let's go on. See, it says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, and he'll follow after them, and I'll get me honor on Pharaoh. I'm kind of summarizing this. Then verse 21 is the Pharaoh's army is drowned. You've heard the story. It says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back with, by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry and the waters were divided. Now, what Ron Wyatt believed, and I agree with him, what actually happened there was it's kind of like blowing on this Red Sea. And there was a point to where the, the entry point to where it was kind of narrow, but then it spread out just like someone had a huge breath of wind hitting this water and spread it out and held the water up all night long. And it was such a hard wind, it actually froze the water. That's the reason it's about to say the waters were a wall under them, the right hand on the left. So in another place it says, and the waters were congealed. We would say today frozen. So it basically made a dry path down onto the dry land, and then both sides were frozen walls of water. So then the children of Israel went down there, and the Pharaoh's army followed them into it. Pharaoh's horses and his chariots. I'm going to jump down to verse 24. It came to pass that in the morning, the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. So what happened was the children of Israel walked through in this wall of water on each side. The land was dry. They got to the other side, but then Pharaoh started following after them. But the Lord took off their chariot wheels. So now they can't move as fast. So they finally figured out, duh, their God is fighting for them. I believe that they turned around and started returning. But unfortunately, God arranged for the walls of ice to then be melted enough to start cracking. And on the same place they entered, the water then started pouring in. And so it was like a gully washer coming down the two walls of ice. And that's the reason it says in verse 30, and they saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. 
And what Ron Wyatt believed is that they not only saw the dead bodies, all of the chariot parts, many of them were gold. Also, they got all of the most modern military warfare, all of their swords, their spears, their arrows, their bows, everything were all dumped up onto the seashore, seashore on the opposite side. So not only did they kill all of the Egyptians that had just killed the, their children when Moses was a child, you see, but also armed all of the Egyptians. So now they have the best military equipment of the world from the very best army that God has just drowned in the sea. Now, that is the story of the Passover to unleavened bread, and that is first fruits. So remember this. First fruits is a picture of moving from the old to the new, from death to life. And in just a minute, this is going to make sense when I get this. All right, now, so they get on the other side of the wall of water on the other side of the Red Sea. So what happens? Now God leads them up to Mount Sinai. Here's what happened at Mount Sinai. This is about to be a marriage. This is where God proposes marriage to these people. He basically says, look, I will be your God if you'll be my people. And they essentially say all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. They agree to this. That's the marriage and that's a picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb in the last days. In other words, all of this is a pattern. This is a pattern of how God first began to come to Moses and the children of Israel, and he uses that same pattern at the last days. Does that make sense? Okay, again, we don't understand the rapture because we don't understand this. We don't see this in light of Bible prophecy. That's what I'm trying to bring to you today. If you can see this, then a whole lot of things are going to come to pass. Right, now, let's go on. Let's go to the marriage supper. Uh, yeah, I just gave part of it away. <laughs> yeah, this is a picture of the marriage supper. So we're at Exodus 19.1. In the third month, when the children of Israel, they went, and I'm skipping part of it, into the wilderness of Sinai, and there Israel camped before the mount. That would be Mount Sinai. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus thou shalt say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bury you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, actually, that's real key. I bury you on eagles' wings, because in the last days, there's another scripture that says, I will bring you on eagles' wings, and the people misunderstand what that's saying. Perhaps I'll tie that together later, but let's go on. Now, therefore... If you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you should be a peculiar treasure unto me. In other words, I'm marrying you. Above all people of the earth is mine. It shall be unto me kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Yeah, well, they didn't. You know, they broke the covenant. But nevertheless, this was the marriage. Now let's jump down to verse 16. And on the third day in the morning, there were thunderings, lightnings, and a thick cloud upon the mountain, and the voice of the trumpet exceeded loud. And all the people in the camp trembled. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God. So this was the day that mankind met God. Well, guess what? This is the day that those people that are ready get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is Pentecost. It goes on to say, and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by voice. This is the first time that we, those that are ready, get to go to the marriage supper and meet Jesus. It's a picture of the last days. Let's go on. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mountain, and Moses called to the top of the mountain. Moses went up, 
And Moses go down, charge the people as they break through, and the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. So those people that are not ready, they don't get to go in. Now let's go to the fifth. Let me summarize. Here, here's where we are. So we're at Passover. Then we went to unleavened bread. Then we crossed over the Red Sea. That's first fruits. Then when we got to the Mount Sinai, that's Pentecost. That's the marriage. Now we're going to go to the Feast of Trumpets. This is the day of judgment. This is the day that Jesus returns to burn the tares. Exodus 34.10. He said, Behold, I make a covenant before all the people. I will do marvels, such as has not been done in all the earth or in any nation, skipping part of it. And I will drive. This is the reason we say it's judgment. And I'm going to drive out before you the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hizite, Prezrite, Hivite, Jebusite, and we shall destroy their altars and break their images and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship nor the God, for I am a jealous God. He says, so this is the day that Jesus returns with the morning star. This is the day of judgment. This is the day that gather you first the tares, bind them into bundles, wash them and bind them into bundles, cast them into the fire and gather my wheat into the barn. This is the day of judgment. Got it? So there's a Passover, unleavened bread. Then there's Pentecost, which is a marriage. And then fifth is the Feast of Trumpets. And I forgot first fruits in there. So let me go back through that again. Let me start because if you can get this, then when I talk about the rapture tomorrow, if you can understand this, then understanding when the rapture and the picture how it really happens is not difficult. So first there's the Passover, representing the day that Jesus was crucified, and that night they had the Passover lamb, and then the next morning it starts unleavened bread. Of course, in the days of Moses, it actually started that night, but we know from Leviticus it actually starts on the 15th day of the month. Passover is the 14th, unleavened bread is the 15th. Then they arrive at the crossing side of the Red Sea, the first fruits. They cross from the old life into the new life, and then they go to the marriage supper of the Lamb or to Mount Sinai where they marry God, and that's a picture of us going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then on the fifth uh, feast is the Feast of Trumpets. That's the Day of Judgment. That's when he drives out all of the other nations before them. That's the day that Jesus returns to the morning star. Gather ye first the tares, bind them in the bundles, cast them into the fire, then gather my wheat into the barn. Now, if you understand that, tomorrow, then what I can do is tie the rest of the prophecies together with that so you can understand how the end really happens and why the, the whole pre-trib, the mid-trib, the pre-wrath, all of that is because we don't understand. It's just a misunderstanding. It's not that we're bad people. We shouldn't be angry at someone. They just misunderstand. And I used to <laughs> I used to get pretty frustrated with the people. Uh, that is until I memorized the book of Revelation, and then God showed me this. When he showed me how it really happens, then there's no reason to be upset with someone that sees the rapture different. When they see a pre-trib or a mid-trib or a pre-wrath rapture, they see that because they don't understand how the feasts are the pattern and how the prophecies of Revelation fit into that pattern, which, of course, is explained in my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. And if you get that book, then I'll go through and i show you all of this. And then there's two charts in the back, marvelous charts, full-color charts that explain to you how it had. Now, it, let me get right to the point. I'm going to explain what, what I'm about to say is kind of complicated. But then tomorrow, I'm going to explain this more in detail. So you got to listen to the broadcast tomorrow. you got to promise me. Listen to one tomorrow. So essentially what happens, time 
prophetic time stopped when Jesus arose on first fruits. Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept. Then you insert about 2,000 years, and he returns again, and prophetic time starts again on first fruits. When he returns on the Mount Zion with 144,000 one year old Israeli boys resurrected to mature bodies, and then we, or they will be walking around on Mount Zion for about 50 days with Jesus still in his lamb body, still wearing the same garments. He went up. Remember, the angel said, You men of Galilee, why stand you up gazing into heavens? This same Jesus shall so come again in like manner. So at this time, he is not returning as king of kings and lord of lords. So they appear on Mount Zion. Fifty days later, they walk around. And then 50 days later on Pentecost is when the dead in Christ shall rise first. And there's two resurrections there. It gets complicated. Anyway, those that are ready then go to the marriage supper. At the marriage supper, we are only given two things. It's not about us. We are given a white robe, a wedding garment. And then at the end of it, we're given a white horse to ride with Jesus back for Armageddon. Jesus, however, is given, he is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He changes from being the Lamb of God or the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has given many crowns. He's given a vesture dipped in his own blood and a white horse, which he returns for the grape harvest on trumpets or Armageddon about four months later. And that's the Feast of Trumpets. And again, I'll explain that more tomorrow. And I'll explain all of this. It will all come crystal clear. Your mouth will drop open when you finally understand how it all works. Again, it's all in my book. Get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, one for 20, but don't do that. Five for 30, I I process this. I want you to get extras to give to your other friends. Great Christmas presents, by the way. 10 for 55, one for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. Still got time to get them for Christmas. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. Now you got to listen tomorrow and I'm going to go through and all of this fog is going to lift. And for the first time, perhaps, you're going to see why there is not going to be a pre-trib a mid-trib, a pre-wrath rapture. No one is going anywhere. We're all going to be here to see the return of Jesus, either as a lamb on Mount Zion or as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to the Mount of Olives. The easiest way to listen and watch Prophecy Club YouTube videos is to download our free app from the App Store. This is not to be confused with WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch 26 years and over 300 DVDs for a subscription of $20 a month or $200 a year. The app allows you to watch our YouTube videos and listen to our radio programs very easily. Go check it out at your app store. God has called this ministry to win thousands upon thousands, to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. If you love Prophecy Club, you are a watchman. Thus, You are called to be part of this end-time army, and you should be at this crusade. I will teach through my two prophecy charts, talk on Miss the Mark, lay hands on, and anoint you with four milliliters of Revelation oil for you to receive the same Revelation spirit I received when I memorized the book of Revelation. 
Leslie will teach on her school of the prophets, lay hands on you and anoint you with her prophetic oil to receive the prophetic anointing to hear the voice of God more clearly. Registration fee, $300. Do not doubt whether God has called you to be at this crusade. Be like Caleb and believe God to provide the funds and the days off to attend. If you love Prophecy Club, that is your confirmation to come. The Holy Spirit gave you that desire. Pray, and God will provide the ways and the means. This is a supernatural meeting to prepare you to walk supernaturally in the supernatural days of tribulation. So use your supernatural faith to come. April 8th through 12, 2020 at the Hyatt Regency in Richardson, Texas. That's in the DFW area. Go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and register. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com The registration fee increases the closer we get to the crusade. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 The secret door to understand Bible prophecy at prophecyclub.com. Prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support.